Welcome to the Don't Die podcast, sponsored by Aloe Treatment Centers. They're out in Malibu. They're in Silver Lake. It's a treatment center I started with some friends. We want you to get the right treatment, the right program for you, and stop dying. Stop dying, Chuck! Stop dying, Mike! Oh, God. <laughs> I love it, man. Everybody just That's stop a perfect. The That's a perfect dying. Thing. Well, you know, I just had, I just, I got to tell you why I'm late. I'm 12 minutes late. I'm an hour and 12 minutes late, actually. And I'm sorry. And thanks for bearing with me. Yeah, but no I was problem. walking out. So I had to get groceries and uh, on my way home from work. And I, and I was coming out of there and there was a guy asking for change when I was going in. And I often, you know, nowadays you, you do definitely have homeless begging fatigue syndrome at this point point in Southern California. <laughs> HBS, right? yeah. So I was glad begging. that he had gotten to somebody who was getting out of their car and I was like an aisle over and I just walked really fast to get my cart. But then he was outside when I came out and he had me cornered, right? And so I gave him like a, a $2 and whatever. You gave him money because he had you cornered? <laughs> he had me cornered. But listen to this. So he then when I gave him the money, I didn't even listen to what he said. That's how horrible we're becoming as humans about each other. So he said, I need $19 for a prescription. And I had given him the money, you know, and, and I was starting to put my groceries away. And I said, what did you just say? And he said, I, I'm just trying to get money for my prescription. And I said, don't bullshit a bullshitter. That's what I said to him. And he goes, no, sir. And I said, you really, where is your prescription at? And he pointed at the bonds and I said, they're not open. And he said, <laughs> no, they're open. They're open till eight. And I, cause I'd been by the pharmacy area when I was shopping and I thought it was closed, but I guess there was just nobody there. I walked in with him and it was true. And I paid for, I don't want to say what I did, but a guy's out begging to get his $19 for his copay for his fucking medicine in America in 2020. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When we spend more money on healthcare than any civilization on earth, this yeah. poor man has to stand in the parking lot, beg for change to pay his copay. Now, what else is going on in his life? I don't know, but it was, was it, true. Was, it, was it Viagra? Because if so, I don't feel no. bad. Well, it wasn't by <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Can you check to see what it was, Bob? <laughs> no, well, it's $19, whatever. It's like some, it seemed like some uh, uh, cholesterol, uh, you know, heart kind okay, of Okay, so uh, some life important stuff. $19 he has to go begging for. Yeah, In America. It's just, no, it's beyond fucked up. It's just ridiculous. It makes me so angry. You know, because I do know that we spend trillions of dollars on health care and it's just a shit show. Right. I thought Trump was going to fix it. Wasn't there going to Trump was going to get it all better and, you know, get rid of Obama. Oh, no, no, Bob. He said he was going to fix it. So that means he was going to break it. (laughs) You haven't learned how to speak his language yet. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) No one. It's just so sad what's going on. And so, you know, I. he didn't seem like a guy who was, he wasn't drinking and he didn't seem like an addict. He was a rather big kind of guy. So Ooh. I don't know that addicts aren't big, <laughs> but like, usually they're not. 
Okay. <laughs> if you well, want to I mean, say all, he just seemed all addicts healthy. are skinny. He seemed healthy to me. He wasn't on meth. So let's just rule okay. it out. I'm, I assess drug addicts. So I'm just, right. I interface with the guy for like 11 minutes. He's not on meth. I doubt he's on heroin in, in Claremont, California. Maybe. Um, he didn't smell of alcohol and he was not drinking and he was not seemingly intoxicated. He was just a guy da- down on his luck. And see, when you use the term down on your luck, what if you're just down there forever? That's not down on your luck. That's just down there. And yeah. we're starting uh, yeah, to see great. this erosion in our society. And, and literally, I think we just like in my song about homeless people in L.A., we just look right through them. We don't want to know. Mm-hmm. But some are there because they've just been on the bottom rung of the ladder for so long. It's just like, it's not bad luck. It's, it's their luck. It's that, that's their life. And then there's people that are down there like me because of drugs that have every opportunity and just choose drugs over it. And then there's the mentally ill. And then there's the beaten and abused women's cycle. And there's, there's just all these people in need of, help and and it just seems like in this kind of godforsaken country we have we've done we do very little we talk a lot about it but well, we you do know very there's little. this there's this old guy in a wheelchair that's that's always at the signal um you know that i that i wait to turn at on seventh street right and he's a veteran right. he's in a wheelchair he's old and i always give him money and he hands he sticks out this thing that got these two grabber pinchers on it you know and he grabbed he takes the money from me he doesn't take it from his hand from your hand oh yeah he's got this thing you know and then so i was sitting <laughs> and i said and i started you know i i always give him 10 20 bucks something because i was talking to him and I, and I said, well, don't you have a place to live? And he goes, yeah, I got a little apartment. And I go, you're a vet. Don't you get like something from the government? He goes, yeah, but it, it's not enough. I, you know, it's just not enough for me to survive. I have to come out and panhandle to eat and to make my rent. And I get medical over at the VA. He's right by the VA. This is right by the VA in Long Beach. My so mom, they're, not, they're, not giving them, they're not giving them enough because – because expenses go up and up and up, but the payment that the veterans get doesn't go up and up and up. It stays know, the same. Living, living, living in Long Beach is like it's super expensive. Well, even even rent control in Long Beach is expensive. So, anyways, my mom was on that. My mom would turn to me and my sister for if her car broke or this kind of thing. So I'm just feeling. I'm feeling it for all the people that are that are hurting and this whole thing is making a million times worse. They're already hurting now that now COVID has made it a million times worse. Yeah, exactly. And we've got a politic in this country that doesn't do anything. It's yeah. really crazy. It's really insane. So, so, Bob, do we have a big announcement from you? Well, yeah, but I hate it. Now that I met this guy, I feel like my life's going good. Chuck, you ever feel that way? My life's going good. I, yeah. I don't I, want to I, talk about it. I know that. I know that feeling. I, I'm surprised you didn't. I, I'm surprised you didn't because you're so personable and you're good at communication. I'm surprised you didn't say, so what's going on, man? So why are you in this position? It would have been good fodder for this. Oh, I, at least I could- did, I did, but it, but he he was he was to tell you the truth, he was he was I don't know, he was older and he wasn't very talkative, right? So he wasn't like a he was just a humble man. Like huh. I can imagine what it's like, right? I yeah. could I could easily have been there. 
That's the other mm-hmm. thing I identify with, with disenfranchised people because I was disenfranchised and I am pretty, I do make some really bonehead decisions in life <laughs> and I could end up back there. <laughs> but right now, things are going pretty good and, um, and I am going to be the father of my fourth child at 59 oh. years old, Chuck. <laughs> Big Everyone, for thinks, you, everyone thinks I'm insane, but that's all right. I got a couple <laughs> of supporters. I got no, Chrissy's I big support supporter. you all the way, man. Chrissy, I'm sure Pablo, believer in it. Pablo Picasso had children when he was 70. Yeah, but I don't think he was on the verge of homelessness begging for his prescription to get filled <laughs> like I might be. <laughs> so, so anyways, yeah, it's exciting. And But here's well, another thing. But COVID affects pregnancy. We're not, you can't see a doctor. You do it all over telemedicine. And then now she, she went to get her blood work done for the first time where you take this glucose test or whatever. And you have to go to a lab. But outside in the parking lot of the lab is a million cars lined up doing COVID testing. And then it just makes you nervous. And you have these appointments. So you're sitting in your car and then you go to the front door and then they let you in to do your labs. It's just insane what's going on because like pregnant women, I just don't think they should be going where the COVID testing is. <laughs> no, not, that's sort of a good planning. I don't know why I think that. It just makes sense to me. They would keep the pregnant women in another building. (laughs) Or even, yeah, on a different block, you know, just a block away. I I mean, that's why I liked about where I tested for COVID. It was in a parking lot at a mall. That's where it should be out in the open, away from everything. No, they're doing it. Well, they're doing it in the parking lot of the testing lab. There's like a whole industrial uh, park here in uh, in between Claremont and Laverne where it's all our pediatricians there, my doctor's there, Chrissy's doctor's there, and then there's a lab core, and then there's, you know, there's all every, and it just looks like an industrial park, you know, like around by the observatory. It's all medical buildings, but they look like they're storing hot rod cars. And, <laughs> and that's where the COVID yeah. testing thing, so there's this whole line of people that drive through that parking lot to get their COVID testing, and the pregnant women go there. And I guess the tests for everything else have to go there, too. So how far along is she? It's tw- we're thinking it's 12 weeks now. So on September 28th, she took a test, and it was negative. So it might be September 28th night. You never know. But somewhere between September 28th and now. It's like 10, 10 11 weeks. Very exciting stuff. That is great. Exciting stuff. And, you know, you got two little kids learning about where babies come from. That's been interesting. You tell (laughs) Sid, she's four, like, a baby's growing in mama's belly just like you did. And she goes, okay, when does it come out? That's all she wants. (laughs) I want to see it. I want to see it. Okay. Maybe you told her a little too soon. (laughs) Elvis is 10, almost 11, and he's like, uh, so how, like, said the same question you asked, Chuck, actually. How many weeks? Elvis asked. Mm -hmm. Right? And you Good think he's doing some detective work, like a very pragmatic day or a weeknight? Or was I here when this? Was I here when this happened? I better not have been home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, better be when I go away. <laughs> <laughs> so during the day when everybody's gone, what the hell is going on out here? 
<laughs> but um, it's been fun. It's been a lot of emotions, right? So um, one thing is my dad died when he, when he was 58, and I just turned 59. And it's pretty crazy to think that how old my dad seemed and how, um, how ready for dying he seemed to be. <laughs> like, at 58 and now it was harder it was way <laughs> harder right it was way, way harder, harder. Yeah. Those are hard people that lived hard lives my dad was born in 1918 i mean he was so he, in, in his teenage years in the depression he had the depression he had the great war he had world war ii he had vietnam he had everything god he had hippie man. daughters telling he had to live through woodstock bunker. Call him Archie Bunker. My sisters used to call my dad Archie Bunker. <laughs> he used to fucking hate it. <laughs> he was, uh, they didn't he call was, you uh, Meathead, did they? No, I was like eight years old. Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, they, they, I didn't they become me Meathead, but not because of the show. <laughs> they, were, they were long gone. Yeah, uh, it was. It is kind of weird because you think of your father and being a father, and it's just, just like strange thing that my dad seemed so old and he had already retired and I'm just getting going. But, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. then again, my dad never really tried heroin. He didn't pause his life for 20 years. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he's like, you know, everybody says, you stop growing. You know, I'm sure Chuck has said this in treatment as a counselor. <laughs> so he said, whenever you started using, that's when you stop growing emotionally. I don't think of it that way. I think you just push pause. Yeah. When you yeah. really get strung out, you just push pause. Yeah. And then when you get sober, you push play. <laughs> well, you however definitely. Long, however long in between there, that's what you missed. <laughs> well, you certainly not. You, you've only stressed when you don't have the dope, and you've slowed your heart rate, and you've slowed your breathing. So you have done a lot. You smoke less. I don't um, smoke. I didn't. I didn't. I've never been a smoker. You know. The other thing is, like, I've taken this. You know, I take. I take everything with a grain of salt. So there is this one nutritionist guy that's friends with Dr. Drew that I've been on the show with him a couple of times. And he says that the, the, all these newfangled kind of ways of eating aren't helping everyone. And he I said, so what should you do? And he goes, don't eat everything on your plate. That was one of the things he said. It was just so fucking commonsensical. Mm -hmm. So just because, just because, the, more, the, the steakhouse you went to said, this is your serving. Doesn't mean you have to eat all of it. <laughs> you and know so, that. That's and funny. So I've taken to this thing, I've taken to this thing where I only eat like two thirds of whatever's given to me. And then immediately I ask for a waiter to get a box to take it home. Because if it sits there and I, I talk for 15 more minutes, I'm going to forget that I'm not supposed to eat all of it. No, that's right? what you did until we got shut down again. Yeah. Well, I've been, I've been doing it again. I, I, I only I eat two-thirds of anything, and I throw it away really fast. Yeah, that's what it's, – it's funny because once you do uh, portion control, you know, which is the Is that the what moniker, it's called, portion yeah, control? Portion control. Once you start that, it's funny because I go to this place. used to be Alberto's, then it was Lerdo's, then it was Cerdo's, and now it's Sabrosada. And I get the same carnitas plate, and now I eat it for two days when it used to be 
I'd sit down and eat all the carnitas and everything in it in one sitting. So it's just getting your stomach used to not eating as much. It's crazy. You know? yeah. It works. It works. So anyways, so there's, there's just health and you're thinking about how long, how long you're, you're going to live for and all that kind of stuff. So I figure I have to make it to 80 now because this kid will be 21, right? Sid will be 25. Elvis will be 31. You can handle a death of your dad when you're 31 or 25 or even 21. It's good enough. It's good enough. Or maybe they'll just go, dad was tired. He had a rough life. <laughs> he was really ready to go. He looked really old at 77. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he really should have gone 10 years before he did. Yeah. You, just, guy. you just don't want him saying, boy, that was, the, that was about time. About time. About time. <laughs> I'm sure there's always, a lot of people thinking that about me, too. I always leave them wanting more. I thought you were a musician. Was, I know for a fact there was people that were, there was a list. I've heard about it. I don't know the official thing, but there was a list in the 80s amongst a group of our non-addict friends of most likely to die. And, I, and I've been told that Anthony Kiedis was at the top of that list and I was second. Huh. They, these people didn't know Mike Mark, Chuck. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Because any yeah. list had Mike Mart on the top. Oh, no, no, no. Either by police, <laughs> either by police intervention or shot by Steve-O in a fun, fun <laughs> game at Pleasant's house. Yeah. Just think yeah. of that, Mike. I've told this story over and over again. Mike and Steve-O got in a gunfight battle inside Pleasant Gemmon's house when they were high on when they were high on booze. They were actually shooting at each other Wait in the second. house with real Mike. guns. With real you know, guns. Let me let me let me correct that story a little bit, Bob. It was at Smitty's house in Long Beach. Oh, okay. And we were on Oh that makes it acid. better. We were on acid. <laughs> oh much better. Yeah. And uh and so we were shooting at each other just just past each other's like shoulders. On purpose, trying to miss? Yeah, we weren't shooting at, like, shooting each other. We were, like, kind of playing gun chicken, I guess, is what you would call it. <laughs> uh, you wow. know, I would shoot a couple, and he would shoot a couple. And, and then in the next day, we went and, and we looked at the holes in the wall, and, you know, I kind of was trajectorizing and everything. And one of my shots just went straight over to this neighbor guy's house. And every day he used to come out and sweep his porch, you know. And that day he didn't come out and sweep his porch. And I was thinking, holy fuck, did I kill that guy? Or, and, uh, or it's, it's Steve. I sat there all day waiting for him to come out and sweep, sweep his porch. And finally, at about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, he came out and swept his porch. And I was like, oh, thank God. Oh. Jesus. What um? What was? How were you and Steve-O friends? Because you don't come from the same part of the world. You don't no, play the both, same kind of music. How we're both, were both from Long? I thought Beach. he was Huntington Beach. No, guy. no, no. He lived in Long Beach. Steve-O was a drug dealer. And you knew him before the Vandals. Yeah, yeah. We were druggies, man. Steve-O's ambition was to be a coke dealer, really, not a singer. Oh, he, he, he was a janitor <laughs> at my school when I met him. You're yeah, kidding. and then he was a janitor. That's where he got all those frogs. Uh, the, when we did the frog stomp, he would he would go into the lab and he would steal these uh, formaldehyde frogs and he would pull them out and just start stomping them on the stage, you know, during the song <laughs> called the Frog Stomp, right? And they just guts and stuff everywhere. It was a mess. 
So what? And so he only made the first Vandals album. First couple. Was, uh, first couple albums. Oh, he's on the first couple. Yeah. Yeah, I think he did "Went in Rome" and "Peace Through Vandalism," right? "Peace Through Vandalism" only has six songs on it, though. Yeah, I yeah, think that that was, in Rome. that was. Yeah, he did the two. That was the original stuff. Lady Killer. And, and you should not be, and I always used to confuse him because Snickers was a guy that kind of looked like him, was kind of as crazy as him, right? Remember Snickers? Yeah, and Snickers he had was a band called the Simple Tones. But that was Simple, Simple Tones. Tones. I thought they were out of Rosemead, but that. Well, they were, but Snickers moved down to Long Beach. Everybody moved to Long Beach. That's when it was cheap, huh? Before uh, things yeah, got. Yeah, we all lived in places that were very cheap, yeah. Yes. Okay. So what happened to, to Snickers? Do you Snickers know? had a tattoo shop, right? That we used to go over and we'd shoot up in the, at his, at his tattoo shop on Anaheim. And uh, that was at the end of his, you know, about the end of his life. He, uh, yeah. What do you mean? How did he die? Overdose, I think. You really? Yeah. Wasn't it like. Or AIDS, maybe. Was it um, AIDS? I thought I thought it was an overdose, but that's yeah, not one of overdose. those deaths that got covered. Like you know, it's not like he he wasn't on everybody's radar. But I love the Simple Tones, and yeah, they I know were that, so great. They, I was I in the Simple Tones for a minute. Really, you yeah. were in Rick L. Rick. I was though. in Rick L. Rick. That. I was in the Simple Tones for a minute. Mike was the Beach Boulevard record, Chuck. Just so uh, you know, sounds no, like no, I was. I, <laughs> I was just substitute back from the Meat House. Damn, I was the guy that they said, "Hey, let's get Mike Mark because he can actually learn these songs and play them." <laughs> in uh, so, in Rick L. Rick or in in Rick L. Rick tones. and the Simple Tones, and I was in, with Jay Lansford. In the, Jay Lansford, did, play, did he wrote did you play everything? Gigs? Didn't he? Yeah, did Jay Lansford and me used to them? get together and. And uh, and he'd show me all the songs, and we'd do rehearsals, and uh, yeah. Did, did you play gigs? Uh, we played a few gigs. Yeah. You played didn't play Flippers Roller Boogie Palace, did you? No, I don't think I played that one. So oh, there was might, a wait beach. A minute, I might have played that. Yeah, I think there I was a Beach that. Boulevard thing where the Simple Tones and Rick O. Rick and one other band, maybe the it wasn't the crowd. And the Simple Tones, Rick Rick, and somebody else from the Beach Boulevard, and they played in the middle, and everybody skated around the outside. I did, I did that. Yeah, that. I did that. I was one. at that gig. <laughs> yeah, I was I at did. that gig. <laughs> I did that show. Mike didn't remember your great Oh, well, thanks for reminding me. <laughs> that was such a great place. You know what it is now? It's a Rite Aid store. Yeah. How oh. fucked up is well, that? No, that's better for sure. Rite Aid no, way better I saw, than kids. I saw oh, what? <laughs> Wait till you hear some of the bands I saw there, Chuck. I saw okay. Prince Controversy. No, P Ooh. Prince Dirty Mind Tour. Prince played wow. the Flippers Roller Boogie Palace. Nice. Wearing the leg warmers and the trench coat. Wow. Prince. Okay, the Go-Go's. Yeah, I remember that. Wearing the, the trench simple coat. Tones, and the, the Simple Tones and the Rick L. Rick. Um... I think I think Rodney Bingenheimer had a night there. There, there was bands at, like weekly at Flippers Roller Boogie Palace. Somebody look it up. It was the greatest shows because you could roller skate. It wasn't that expensive. It's like the bands were bonus to roller skating. It's crazy. We should, you know, there's still a skate place in Fountain Valley. It, it can't be making that much money. We should do something with that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Play, bands play in the middle. They play in the yeah. middle. That would be fantastic. I mean, the, 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 it can't be that expensive to rent it out. That's post-COVID. Let's do it. 
post-COVID. Yeah. We're going to get in a post-COVID world. And it's right but, off the 405 freeway. It's easy. But so, so I just wanted to do a summation of the bands that inspired us that we grew up around that Mike was in some of the bands. So because it, it's, it's not as much drugs as you think it is, right? Like yeah. a lot of people, Rick Elric didn't die of drugs. Dennis from Social D didn't die of drugs. Um, uh, some of the punk rockers from LA didn't die of drugs. It was just early death. Like it was a weird thing. AIDS was a big part of it. Yeah. Um, they didn't have um, any kind of a cure for that at all. And, and so it's really just strange because now we're talking about drug overdose death. I believe it's going to reach a hundred thousand in 2020. It's un, unacceptable, unbelievable, un paralleled it's ridiculous it's stupid and we're back in because of covid we're back in a world where nobody cares about the mentally ill nobody cares about drug addicts it's covid 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 all the time right and and it's such a common thing to hear that another young person died of drugs mm -hmm. and and it's this this idea because sprinkled through the history of punk rock there is a lot of drug overdose death that are kind of legendary Sid Vicious um uh uh Darby Crash but Darby Crash killed himself that's different that's you know that today issue. is the today is the anniversary yeah, of his death yeah, yeah. I knew that so that so the idea is that not everybody that you think died of drugs uh, one of the things that uh that people forget John Lennon was murdered. He didn't die of drugs. Right. Um, Bob Marley died of cancer. Right. Um, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, and people, and Hendrix, people tried to kill him too. So, so <laughs> Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, Jim Morrison drugs. But then um, there's a lot of people that died from other things, from murder, from, 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 uh, from, uh, Suicide, which I don't think is the same thing as drug overdose death, right? It's not categorized as the same thing, right? No. And I just thought that, that I just thought Snickers didn't die of drugs. I thought he did. Now, you could say that if somebody dies of liver disease due to their drug use, is that a direct correlation of the drug use? Kind of. But it's not, you can be sober and die of, of liver problems. I, I got to think that it might have been that. Because like, in Dodge Dart, I we, we, we covered liver problems. We, we covered Wanna no, Be no, Dead. No, did, you write, did you write that song, Wanna Be Dead? Mike, did you have anything to do with that? No. Wanna Be Dead was a great song that we covered because Nikki Schobeck was in, uh, was in Simple Tones for a little while, too. So... There's a lot of bands. Here, here of it is right here. Let me see. It's how, uh, what did Snickers die of? I thought it was liver problems. I don't know. And then then Rick O'Rick died of brain hemorrhage, right? He brain cancer. Brain cancer. Yeah. Even worse. Even right. worse. So that means it was something he probably couldn't have done anything about. But liver failure is usually something we cause. Usually. Brendan Brendan Mullen died of a brain hemorrhage. Dennis died of a brain hemorrhage. I mean, so this whole romantic notion about punk rockers and dying of drugs. It's not, not necessarily true. There's a lot of mitigating circumstances. I always tell everyone, Kurt Cobain did not die of a drug overdose. No, it would have been suicide no matter how he tried to do it, right? Right. But, but so anyways, and the reason why I bring it up is because I think it's becoming, just like me not believing that the guy had a prescription, I think that we just 
don't believe that 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 all these kids are dying. It's almost as if we live in a post-reality world. So Not just Snickers, Snickers, Snickers did die of a drug overdose, and he was 36 he years old. And he That's died in so Long Beach. So sad. So sad. On September 24th, 1997. Yeah. Huh. So sad. And then where did, where did, um, where did Steve-O end up dying? In uh, Hawaii, right? Hawaii, yes. Steve-O was, got strung out on uh, Oxycontin. I thought he was 42 uh, for some reason. But it's just interesting that, that, you know, you're talking about, now let's talk about the survivors. Everyone who played punk rock music is alive. <laughs> well, I mean, look, I- I- Iggy, Steve Bader's, if he wouldn't have gotten hit by a car, he'd yeah, still he got be hit here by a car. Too. You know, went home and didn't feel it, didn't realize he was as damaged. Actually, I think it was the French healthcare system that failed him because a doctor checked him out and said he was fine. Yeah, I watched internal, the, internal bleeding. Yeah, he had internal bleeding, and they said, you're good. <laughs> yeah, you're good. Um, but so, yeah, but I, I'm talking about, like, um, all the rest of the Sex Pistols are alive. Joe Strummer died of heart disease. All the class are alive, including Topper Heaton, who was the, <laughs> the one that would be most likely to. Um, all of Susie and the Banshees are alive. All of the original punk rockers alive. This idea that punk rock and you take drugs and you die. Keith Morris is alive. Henry Rollins is alive. Jello Biafra is alive. D.H. Pellegra is alive. It's not true. We've created a myth, Chuck, that we ourselves believe that's not true. All that's the funny, great artists are still alive. I was trying to think, and it's like Pete Shelley got way overweight and unhealthy. You know, so it's like even even Buzzcocks, all the early on people seem to live. I mean, God, the odds compare that to the the guys that do the the SoundCloud rappers. How quickly they go! Oh, I know. You know, well, that's, that's that. Now that's, that's a, a group. That's a group that disappears quickly. You know, yeah. and that's violence. That's really violence they're dying from. But 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 it's just interesting that. I, I found myself, that's why I wanted to have a show. I talked to Mike on Friday. I myself believe something that I don't think is true. Patty Smith is still alive. All the guys <laughs> in television except for Fred are alive, and he died of cancer. It's not true. Live the fears. Fast, the, live the, live fast, die. Leaving's still alive. Keith uh, Richards yeah. is still alive. Keith Richards is still alive. <laughs> if that is that's an anomaly. That's an anomaly, I tell you. Right? So so maybe we're believing a myth that's not true, Chuck. Maybe it's just a myth like like Joseph Campbell talks about, that we need these myths. To, to, for what reason, I don't really know. But when I started thinking... Like all the black flag singers are still alive. There's like six of them. They're all still alive. <laughs> yeah, all the guys in Fugazi. I mean, I mean they, they all have this sort of sober aesthetic too, you know, like all the guys in Fugazi. But you understand what I'm saying, right, Mike? Yeah, yeah Mike, we, we tend to We tend to say, oh, yeah, a lot, all my friends died of drugs. No, they didn't. Like, I got a million friends. They're yeah. all alive. And uh, so I just think maybe we need to celebrate life and not focus so much on romantic death. Yes, I, I love that. Hmm. Because I realize, like, 
mostly because of Leiden. I see Leiden talking all the time. I, I went into a John Leiden talking YouTube rabbit hole the other night. Oh, I oh, no. just like, don't, don't do that. I didn't don't do, do that. that. That's weird. That That's guy, not good for that you. That guy can say some crazy shit still to I rewatched. Day. I rewatched that panel where he was just drunken out of his mind yeah. with, with uh, <laughs> Danita. the Mark, Marky Ramone. Okay, here's another thing that's interesting. Our heroes aren't much older than us. So it came <laughs> up about Elvis Costello the other day, uh, something, and I think Elvis... Forrest asked me, well, how is Elvis Costello still alive? And I said, yes, he's still alive. And he thought, <laughs> you know, he's getting his Elvises confused. And so I looked it up. Elvis Costello is only seven years older than me. <laughs> That's fucking crazy. When you think, do, do you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. yeah. He was like you... a god on earth when I was a teenager. But right. so, gods, but when you're on 15, earth were, gods on earth were 24 and I was 16. Right. That's, right. I mean, that's the thing. That's a crucial age difference right there. And not only that, but, you know, there are a few of those people that just, they, they forged themselves and they came out fully formed. He was, he was ready to go. He, I, like you've said a million times, he did his most exciting best work when he was a youngster. Yeah, when he did that thing on Saturday Night Live where he just stopped the band and did radio. <laughs> yeah, 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 that was amazing. He man. was that only was like right probably then. like 26 years old then. Yeah. And banned him for life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how about how about all the members of Blondie are still alive, even though Chris, the guitar player, had, and the brains behind it had, was severely ill for years and years. He's still yes, he alive. Was. I just saw him at the Greek Theater. But yep. there's amazing... We're, uh, punk rock is not this live fast, die young. It is a, a resilient movement of free thinking people. And it came out through music revolution, but it was more about than music. It was about it, lifestyle and fuck corporations it, and fuck this way of living and fuck the government. I'll give this. you one name, Bob, that'll just bring this whole thing into focus. Gaza X is still alive. Gaza X is <laughs> still alive. <laughs> You don't want to know, Chuck. You don't want to know what I've seen Gaze X oh do when God. he's high on drugs. Oh, you do no. not want to know. No. The no. craziest. No. Don Moles is still alive. Don Moles is still alive. <laughs> I want to celebrate all the survivors of fucking punk rock. And Lorna Doom, Lorna Doom uh, died of cancer. So cancer, you know, there's, not, right? there's not a drug overdose there. So Pat Smear's still alive. It's just it's not true it's not true just because two people in the decline movie are dead doesn't mean that all the rest of them aren't alive and thriving yeah. and still living a punk rock ethos life which is anti-corporate anti-question authority fuck hippies you know, like, <laughs> well, you know, you know that you know the whole thing changed recently. Fuck complacency. To, it, it, you know what punk rock was? Fuck complacency. Right. Well, it's now it's live fast, die last. <laughs> I think I that's gonna that. catch on. <laughs> Who's gonna die last? Oh my Keith God. Richards. Keith Richards is gonna die last. Well, yeah, he'll bury us all. But that that guy would have lived to be a thousand. I, he, 
people like him make me believe that there are other species on the planet because I, he, he's been through it. Well, you know, really, like, heroin could be like, you know, and I hate to, to promote this, but oh, it could be God. like a preservative. <laughs> Don't do it. It could be a preservative. No, no, the no, way no, it no, slows no, your no, metabolism no, down, you know, and you just sit around. That, and just, you know? <laughs> I know. We're not supposed to do that, though, right? But why are we not supposed to do that? Really, it could be just a preservative. If you Maybe it's a... I don't know. Maybe because it just, damn near killed you and me and Bob and a lot of well, people. Well, maybe. It, well, here's the thing. Maybe it's just a, a a thing that some people have to go through and other people don't. And and just like every other thing, where I just I'm I'm in a really positive thing when I realize like John Lydon is still. Here's the thing. When I was a kid, John Lydon was pissing off the authorities. 50 years later, he's pissing me off. <laughs> and you still, must be an authority. He still, he still has the quality. He has that ability to piss people off. Right. Literally and 50 years later. <laughs> yes. Uh, Not only that, but sometimes he makes a good it, point, even if you disagree. Moniker. That should be his moniker. John Lydon, pissing people off since 1976. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, see, says, I think you should, you should sell that to him. He some of the most whack shit against himself, against, like he, I don't know. He just like, does he say it just to, uh, just to piss people off? That's what you I don't think. He, I think he's been a provocateur since he was a youngster. I think that's what it is. I think it's more about stirring the pot than anything. So when people get all upset because something he said this week, he might say something totally different next week, and it'll piss off the other half of the room. That's it's just crazy. That's just how he is. And that, that's why I, I never get too upset. You know, he's like totally different than like Ted Nugent, who's like toe to line this whole time and, and pisses people off. But at least he stayed to the, to the script. John jumps all over it. <laughs> all over. Is John Lydon pro guns? Probably, right? I wouldn't John be surprised. John Lydon's pro Trump. He's like Trump a little bit. <laughs> He's like, you know, he thinks he's fantastic. He thinks he started punk I rock. And I wouldn't be surprised. He did start punk, punk rock. rock. Listen, not. There the, was, Ramones, there were, the Ramones were before the. The Ramones were a rock and roll band. It was the Sex Pistols that that were declared no. punk rock. That's what I think. Yeah. Though, though, all the New York people say differently. Here's another thing about New York. I will <laughs> say. You tell me, you, you think television and Blondie weren't punk rock? I'll say they were, this about they were all New York. 75. New York was great from 1974 to 1978. That was it. Los Angeles has been great since 1964. We need to call it. Till now, today. Till today. Till today. Billy Eilish is from Los Angeles, you fucking idiots. <laughs> and it goes all the way back, all the way back to Buffalo Springfield. <laughs> Buffalo Springfield <laughs> to Billy Eilish and everything in between. Do I need to list it, Chuck? The Guns uh, and Roses, no. the Red Hot Chili Peppers, the Doors, jo Joni Mitchell. Do I, do I need to mention it? Do I need to go through it all? No, right? you, it's you do crazy not. that New York had this little five-year period of time where they, they, where a lot of great creativity came out of Talking Heads and Blondie and Patti Smith and like yes, amazing, amazing explosion of music, right? During that same period in Los Angeles, there was Black Flag, right? The Plim Souls, Los Lobos. 
Like, come on. It's it just like LA has been the music capital X. of the world for <laughs> fucking 60 years. And no one, the mamas and papas, the monkeys, the monkeys are from California. Right? Ah, I can tell by Davy's accent. Right? It was created here <laughs> in Los Angeles. <laughs> the songs were written by Los Angeles, uh, Heart and Heart, whatever the voice and heart. Los Angeles. Every, the Eagles, Graham Parsons, Los Angeles. Right? Offspring, social distortion, like what do you, t uh, music for the entire 60 years, the music capital of the world. And we always have to live by these rules. Oh, New York, New York, New York. What band came out in New York after 1979? Fish? Fish? Are we talking Whoa. about Fish? Right? What yeah. band came out of Los, out of Minneapolis after after Soul Asylum? It was Soul Asylum, Husker Du, The Replacements, and Prince. That's it. Fucking five <laughs> bands. Five fucking bands. <laughs> and you gotta hear about Min oh Minneapolis, Minneapolis in the eighties, Minneapolis. Five fucking people. Five songwriters. In LA, the same <laughs> amount of time was Red Hot Chili Peppers, Guns N' Roses, Donna Summer. Like, what are we fucking talking about? Los <laughs> Angeles is the music capital of the world. Thank you very by, much. Yeah, okay. Thank you yeah, very by, much. By design, every, everybody goes there to, to try and make it happen. It's no, a Billy great Irish place. was born in Los Angeles, Chuck. Yeah. Keith Morris was born in Los Angeles. Greg Ginn were born in Los Angeles. It's not just, oh, everybody comes here. Slash and, 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 and Steven Adler were born in Los Angeles. Uh, Flea and Anthony weren't. They were born elsewhere, but came here very early as children. As children. John Fashante. <laughs> John Fashante was born in Los Angeles. Josh Klinghoffer was born in Los Angeles. Los Angeles is the music capital of the world, period. Oh, Dr. Dre, Dr. Dre was born in Los Angeles. Ice Cube was born in Los Angeles. Easy E was born in Los Angeles. Okay. It's the it's the epis, it's the center of the musical universe. Right? Okay. Do you disagree? Does anybody want to disagree with me? You want to talk about Athens, Georgia in the 1980s when the B-52s and REM, two fucking bands, two bands, <laughs> two bands came out of Athens, Georgia. And, and flat duo small, jets small and pylon, band. flat duo jets and pylon, but two bands, two bands. <laughs> it, it's just all these movies. Seattle. Okay. Okay, let's do it, Chuck. Are you ready? Oh, Seattle. yeah, I'm ready. Let's Alice do Seattle. Alice in Chains, Alice okay. in Chains, Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Mother Love Bone, Soundgarden. Uh, no, Mother Love Bone is Pearl Jam. Five. Five bands. Five. At the same time, there were millions of more uh, great bands in Los Angeles at the same time. I don't want to yeah. mention them because I was in one of them. But you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, that yeah. was when you started the Chili Peppers. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, well, you know, I had a lot on my, on my it's, plate. It's a, but... good, it's a good thing because Anthony kind of, if you just fit the band, I mean, I'm, I'm glad but you started me, it. You got it going. But listen to me. I'm, I'm serious about this. You can take all the New York and Minneapolis and Seattle and, and, and combine it all. It doesn't equal five years in Los Angeles. It doesn't. Yeah. Right? There's I just uh, germs. I don't know the germs. Gun club. Los Angeles. Born in Los Angeles, Chuck. Don't start this. They came from somewhere else to make it in LA. I just wanted to, I just wanted to twist you up a little and it worked. I liked it. I like the uh, uh you forgot Kiss though. From New York. Kisser from New York. Yep. Velvet Underground. Velvet Underground's earlier. Yeah. <laughs> but what Dude, about Michigan? They got they got Iggy, MC5, and Kid Rock. Detroit has the gods. Also, <laughs> do not forget the gods. Oh, they were the pantsless fellas. No, the GODZ. One of my right. favorite bands as a kid. Right. They were I think great. They, I think they played pantsless with just their guitars covering themselves up. No, that's no. They had big I, leather pants. They were biker guys. Yeah, I, I remember. A, I went and saw them at the Starwood, and the singer, Eric Moore's name was, he played bass and sang, and I used to love the gods. And he goes, he really literally, I was right in the front, right by the, by the, you know, the front of the stage. And he had a handful of pills, and he said, who wants to get fucked up tonight? And he took like, he had like six or seven pills in his hand, different, one couple big ones, couple of little smaller ones. I watched him put him in his mouth and drink it down with a beer. He took like six or seven pills of something on stage, just rocking the fuck out. <laughs> He's alive. Yeah. He's alive. What about Canada? Triumph? Crash Rush, Test Dummies? Rush, Triumph, um, Blue Rodeo, and, uh, and, the, and the band that everyone loves, the Gordy guy, whatever, he just passed away a couple, last year or something. What was that band? Uh, ah, what was it? What were they called? Dharma Punks? No, no. Uh, what the fuck was the big band from Canada? The biggest mm -hmm. band in ever in the history of Canada. In the history of Canada. Well, they that would have been the Rush. The biggest band in the history of Canada. There's only one. Rush. <laughs> that, that would have been Rush. Yeah, that was because otherwise we'd know who they were. <laughs> no, I just I'm going blank right now. I'm focused on LA. I'm focused on LA. Uh, no, what was the name of that band? The guy just died. They were the biggest band in Canada. They were bigger than Rush in Canada. It's tragically hip. That's there the you name go, of them. That was Gordy, a terrible. Gordy. Yeah. Huh? I, I never listen. I never heard them. Bachman Turner Overdrive. Yeah, Bachman Turner Overdrive. Now, here's an interesting Oh, here's thing. one of your favorites. Nickelback. Nickelback was if from Bachman Canada. Turner Overdrive is from, is from Canada, does that mean that the guests who are from Canada? No, but April Wine, your favorite. Didn't April guess Wine. Who Do were an American band? You can't. Yeah, Guess Who Did were an American, uh, American woman. They did. American, American woman. American woman. And I thought... Is because Bachman Turner Overdrive were known for being a Canadian band, and then but they were the the offshoot of Guess Who, which had the song American Woman. But I guess you could be in Canada and sing about an American woman. Yeah, you could. Yeah, absolutely. You could. 
All right, so we're gonna we're we're demystifying, you know, like those A and E shows, like the truth behind the mysteries of the universe. It is not true that punk rockers die of drug overdoses and burnout and whatever. It's definitely punk rockers are survivors. They they kind of mutate and morph and adjust to the environment. So you know what I mean? It just like we we survive. I mean, I'm a punk rocker to my soul. I just don't like the haircuts and all that, clothes and all that. But, and I don't like bar courts. So other than, I'm a full-on true punk rocker. Other than bar courts played really fast and <laughs> short hair and like all that punk rock clothes, I'm totally down with punk rock. Totally down for all the other part of it. <laughs> See, you're just not into the costume. <laughs> Do you want to know how many how many punk rock stars died overall total how many total looking number at? of punk rock stars that died since day zero okay, how many? 246 246 that, that's that's until now but 246 the, is like a lot. there's d boone there's darby crash there's oh yeah Alexander, but, you know, there's a lot of like, them that, like dennis donnell that didn't you know that didn't die of drug overdoses um or L, like el duce 200 got hit by a train yeah he was right, trying to catch a that train there, you know, joe strummer <laughs> there's a lot that did not die of, of drug overdoses so it's what not did drug you just google search punk rockers who died uh i'm on dead punk stars <laughs> there's there's another one called punk rock graveyard that has all, all sorts yeah of that's a, like no. a posting thing on facebook though. but but anyways it's just i think it's a celebration of life punk rock it's not a, a romanization of death it's not and and, no. it, and i and i think that we're living proof of that i, I really know, do how long would it take to reach 246 people dead in 40 years, overdose. that's not that Just many. Yeah, that's like, it would take like two that's days. Like, that's like, oh, yeah, two days yeah. Of, of millennial drug overdoses. Right, two, two days, days of millennial drug 40 overdoses. Years of 40, 40 years of punk rock. 40 years of punk rock versus two, two days of millennials. Yeah, so, yeah. so there you go. we really got to do something. I don't know what. I have no idea anymore. Uh, you know, I have no idea. You know, maybe we, we need to next level that. I know that Grisham used to do a thing where once a year we'd gather on the beach and it was called We're Still Here. We're Still Here is not, it's not like we're winning because we're still here, but just to celebrate that we're still around. That's where I met East Bay Ray. I didn't even know it was East Bay Ray. But, you know, we tall, just tall, had, skinny guy, tall guy. And just nice and unassuming and so humble and cool. But, the, you know, the idea of, um, celebrating life isn't that what we should be doing I think every so. day anyhow I, I mean that's what i try to just live my life in public kind of to say like listen look at this like i said it today to a friend of mine like i was sitting out on the porch chrissy you know you can't go to the doctor with your wife even when she's pregnant they have to go alone and uh, i was sitting outside with sid and i was just sitting there and it, and uh, i just thought like i used to be homeless like, how fucking rad is this? And it should be, I don't want it to be to, like braggartry or what, or even like fake inspirational to other people. Just my motto, just stick around and see what happens. Just hang in there. 
see what just you know take the next right action and see what happens maybe today is the day you're going to stop taking drugs maybe today is the beginning of going in a whole different direction in life i can tell you that you have to get sober in order for your life to take a new direction because drugs monotonously i i was down in palm desert the other day and i told chrissy about this thing that used to be there it's now like some linoleum floor selling place but there used to be this man uh, mikey we used to go to the desert too there used to be this man that had burrows that you could ride right near 111 in rancho mirage and you would just your, your mom would just put you up on top of a burrow and they'd ride around in a circle with this metal thing and they were attached to the metal thing kind of like at griffith park they do it with horses Right. And you just go around and around and around on a burrow. And I, I always, I believe that's what drugs do to you. You just go round and round and round. You think you're, you think you're going here to there and yonder and everything's all chaotic and melodramatic. It's not really, you're just going around and around and around riding a burrow in a circle. Oh my and God. Getting sober. Such an getting, awesome analogy. Go, getting sober breaks you free. Like you can walk into the mountains. You can go hitchhike on one eleven. You can, that it gives you possibilities that drugs don't give you. Drugs just make you go in a circle, right? They, they really do. <laughs> that's perfect because like, that's almost like... Kids, get off those drugs and go to Canada and start a band because your likelihood of making it from Canada is much Fifth better greatest than greatest bands in history uh, you know, if you barely think, try. And they subsidize bands up there. They'll actually pay you to create art. Yeah, that, a lot of, so does Europe, so does Holland. You can, you can actually just graduate from high school and, and have some medium of talent, a medium of talent in art and say, I'm a painter and just paint the rest of your life and the government pays you a salary. Like, like other countries are so far ahead of us in so many ways and how they treat their people. I, I, I dare to say I've never been to a European country and I've traveled a lot. Mike's traveled a lot. When we were kids, we traveled a lot. I've never seen a... 55, 60-year-old man have to sit in a parking lot begging for $19 to get his medicine. That's in America, people. That's American. That's in America. That doesn't happen in Mexico. That doesn't happen in Venezuela. That doesn't happen in Argentina. That doesn't happen in Holland or Belgium or Germany or France or England. It doesn't even happen in Russia. Probably doesn't happen in China. It happens in the United States of a fucking America. And that's why punk rock started to say United States of America sucks. And we want to change it. This is unacceptable. And here we are 40 years later. And it's, you know, and it's still got its things that need dramatic changing. 50-year-old men should not have to beg in the supermarket parking lot for their medicine. No. You know, and that's to blame of Democrats and Republicans. Trust me, I'm not giving the Democrats a free pass on this. That is unacceptable. <laughs> right, Chuck? Oh, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> Who invented our health care system? What's it called? What president is it named after? Oh, let me guess. Is it Trump care? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know what? You know what they were saying? The the re chump re trumplicans. I love that term. But uh yeah, it's just like punk rock is the greatest thing that ever happened to him. I'm so lu- I feel so lucky that I was alive. Mike, don't you feel lucky that you were alive? I am. Oh, you know what? 
Everyone asked me how I'm initially in high, there's kids asked me all these questions a couple of months ago about how did I meet all these people, right? It was at the Cafe du Grand. That's where I met all of my best friends right now. Flea, Mike Mart, Gibby Haynes. That's where I met them at the Cafe du Grand. And that Wait, we have a song. You, you left your house and went somewhere where people yeah, congregated? Yeah, every night. Every night. You didn't, it mm-hmm. didn't matter who was playing. You just went to the cafe. Every night. Nobody does that anymore. Nowhere does that happen. And it happened all the way through. And I watched generation after generation have their Cafe de Grand. Obviously, before Cafe was the mask. I wasn't a part of that. But the Cafe. Then it went to Raji's. Then it was Jabberjaw. There was this club called Jabberjaw that I saw Nirvana at the first time. Like Jabberjaw. And then it was the Viper Room. And there was Scream and Power Tools. You just went there. It didn't matter who was playing. Mm -hmm. It didn't matter what was going on. You went there. It's Friday night. Go to Power Tools. It's it's Monday night. Go to the Cafe de Grand. Top Jimmy's playing. Tom Waits might show up. David Lee Roth is probably going to show up. Right? And and the idea that that's where all of this richness of my life comes from. The Cafe de Grand. I'm on a podcast. I do a podcast with a guy I met at the Cafe de Grand 40 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Right? I'm, start, I'm helping start another music school with a guy I met at the Cafe de Grand. But my son's best buddy is, uh, is the guy I met at the Cafe de Grand's son. It's yeah. like you need a Cafe de Grand or a cuckoo's nest or a golden bear or a, or a you know, the, what was the one that all the, all the poofter heavy metal bands had that club? I went there. It was the teaser. Uh, the was coconut put, teaser. The cat. No, the cat. Something, oh, the cat yeah. House. Oh, what, what's the oh, cat, cat house? Cat, cat house. Cat house. Ricky Rackman's cat Yeah, house. Ricky Rackman's cat house. Yeah, like, I, I never I went, went there. there. It was cool. <laughs> I went there. I never went there. I, I go to anywhere they got beer. <laughs> <laughs> And what did all these places have in common, Chuck? They all had free beer. They had beer. (laughs) Or or at least 25 cent beer. Anyways, I love you. Let's have a great week, everybody. Christmas is coming. Christmas is coming. Another forest is coming. Hey, if I if we have a son, I'm I'm losing three to zero, three to one with Elvis, Sydney, and and Chrissy. I want to name it if it's a boy, Sherwood. Sherwood Forest. You're losing. <laughs> That's a great name. So, I'm you know, voted. That, you know, I was a Christmas baby, right? Like my dad always told me that I was a, a, a New Year's Eve mistake. And I never believed it. I just laughed. I thought it was being funny. But then I started doing the math and I'm like, wait a minute. August is the ninth month. Hey, I am a. My, our baby's going to be born in June, which means it was the beginning of November or it's the beginning of October. And what I'm just going to say, is it was COVID. It was nuts. It was COVID. What else did you have to do? It was crazy. It was crazy. Your mom and I had a good groove there during COVID. <laughs> All right. What else? All right. Good night, fellas. Good night, man. See you guys later, man. We'll see you, man. Bye. Bye-bye. Don't die, everybody. Don't die. <laughs> see you later, Chuck. See you later, Mike. Good to see you. Yeah, you too.